Say your name. Freddie Quill. Say it again. Freddie Quill. Say it again. Freddie Quill. Say it again. Freddie Quill. Might as well say it one more time just to make sure you know who you are. Freddie Quill. Freddie Quell is a complicated man, a man struggling to adjust to post-war 1950s America, a man shifting through phases of psychotic break after psychotic break, put under the weight of his own mental anguish and violent and erratic impulses. Freddie Quell is a man without a master, far too easily succumbing to instinctive violence and animalistic rage, a beast of burden not made to roam free and wild, a state that would surely bring about his own undoing, but a beast to be tamed by the likes of one Lancaster You've wandered from the proper path, haven't you? These problems you have? (laughs) I don't have any problems. I don't know what I told you, but... If you have work for me to do, I can do it. You seem so familiar to me. Yeah. What do you do? I do many, many things. I am a writer, a doctor, a nuclear physicist, a theoretical philosopher. But above all, I am a man. Hopelessly inquisitive man, just like you. It's in this first meeting of the minds that we get to the root of both Freddy and Lancaster's inner machinations, of both power fantasies and realities devoid of true inner power or control. Dodd, spearheading his philosophical movement known as The Cause, makes his waves into the hearts of the impressionable as many central figures of religious organizations have done before and continue to do. He is a man who bathes in the blackness of his own delusions, his own deceptions, fearful and animus towards any outside voices that accuse his movement of being a cult and not the natural evolution and continuation of scientific discovery and spiritual enlightenment. The master views humans as being these animalistic, violent creatures, inherently. It's part of our nature. Creatures in need of a guiding hand, one that he provides. And it's through the cause, existing as more than a religious movement, but as a life concept, a lens, the only lens through which the world can be viewed, that Dodd processes and then awakens in Freddy his innermost fears, Tied to the painting twinge of his memories and nostalgia. What is the name of your aunt? Bertha. How did you come to have sex with your auntie, Bertha? I was drunk and she looked good. And you did it again and again? Yes. Have you ever had bad thoughts about Master Peggy? Yes. What did you think? I thought you were fools. Am I a fool to you? No, sir. If you were locked in a room for the rest of your life, who would be in there with you? Doris. Who's Doris? Best girl ever met girl I'm going to marry one day. Is she in Lynn? Yes. Lynn, Massachusetts. Yes, sir. And why aren't you with her? Uh, I'm an idiot. Why aren't you with that lovely girl? I got no reason. I'm a fool. Do you love Doris? Yes. Is she the love of your life? Yes, why sir. Why aren't you with her? I don't know. Yes, you do. Tell me why you're not with her if you love her so much. I told her I'd come back, and I never went back, and now I just, I gotta get back to her. Why don't you go back? I don't know. Why don't you go I back? I don't know! Close your eyes. There's his PTSD born of traumatic experiences like fighting in war, 
There is his love for Dolores, a woman now long gone from his life, only present as a fading echo in his dreams and nightmares. Through Dodd's unusual processing sequence, he is able to tap into Freddy's immaturities, his pain, what lies beneath the surface of the broken man. Once beneath that surface, Dodd lingers and festers like a parasite. The two men's become inexplicably linked as they continually feed off one another. Freddy is in desperate search of a master, someone to quell his emotions, someone to follow into battle, not unlike his time as a soldier. And it's interesting how other members of the cause view Freddy as an affront to all they stand for, as almost being the embodiment of what the outside world regularly assumes the inside of their organization is actually like. Freddy is an unwitting, rather obvious, central paragon, a figure that in the eyes of many removes any credence from their cause as being distinguished or something worth actually following. In spite of this, Dodd as a man is in desperate need of a follower, someone he can shape and mold no matter how difficult it appears on the surface. Dodd's power is born of his cult of personality, essentially existing as the glorified head of the Gentlemen's and Ladies Club. His purpose, in effect, becomes derived from and exists alongside of Freddy's. Freddy is a challenge, perfectly ordained by God or fate or the cosmic ether. The deranged apparition of a man who will not be contained, despite his best efforts at more rigorous and repetitive conditioning. I give you facts. They don't give they me are not facts. facts. What facts? They are fucking what facts. facts. What facts? Fuck you. Facts. Fuck, Fuck you. you. Just me, Freddie. Just you. I'm the only one that likes you. The only one. You're fucking drunk. And I'm done with you. Fucking. There's almost a catharsis one can feel from witnessing Freddie's outbreaks. Conceptually, they spit in the face of any prior notion we may have about the differences between that which is animalistic, a caricature of the true portrait of man, and that which is deeply, unashamedly, human. In other words, what Freddy is experiencing isn't born of simply not knowing his own brutality, the destructive nature he has with the world, but essentially being unable to control it. His internal battle may not be a trillion years old, as Dodd aptly puts it, but it's been long and strenuous nonetheless. For Freddy, the cause was a means to gain some of this control back, or perhaps for the first time. A channel, an avenue through which his pent-up rage and aggression at the world, at his life and circumstances, at his regrets and past mistakes, could be used as a vessel through which productive work whatever that means in the eyes of Lancaster Dodd, could be fully realized. Freddy isn't an animal. He is a human being like you or I, with proclivities perhaps a shade too dark, 
and a temper perhaps a touch too hot, but a human being nonetheless, a human being we can relate to. That feeling of not being in control, that feeling of regret tied to the echo of a fading memory, the feeling of mental torment wrapped under layers of grief and an inescapable battle with the self. The cause, perhaps, opened his eyes for a moment, gave him the tools to see the world in a different way. But rather than fall victim to the ever-shifting lies and half-truths of a man as ill-equipped to explain that which is separate from the world and utterly divine as Freddy is, he sets off on his own again, with the guarantee to live a life as he sees fit. Not under the watchful eye of a master or the guiding hand of a stranger, but truly alone. A reflection of the isolation central to his narrative soul. For to live without a master is to live life unto itself. Not for the praise of a central figure or someone else entirely, but truly for you. Something that the likes of Freddy is well on his way to processing. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, A.O. Ecking Bada. For updates on the show, as well as my other TV and film content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time. in the history of the world.